This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. All right, Sedano and Cap are live from Rams training camp at UC Irvine this afternoon at 4 p.m. Don't miss a replay of the Aaron Donald uh, interview who joined them on Saturday. They're going to be airing that at 5.05, and Cam Akers will stop by after practice ends. It starts at 4 p.m. on 710 ESPN and the new ESPN LA app. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. T-Raj out for the week, Andy Kamenitsky in. Andy, I'm going to throw this one in here because I feel like this – this is a perfect example for you. One more Ashley from earlier. Um, so when you go to, you do a lot of those Vegas pool parties, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you you mentioned to me, like, that's one of your things, right? When you leave, sometimes you leave your family and the kids behind on a Saturday afternoon because you go straight to Vegas and you, you're in parties. I can't have them there. Exactly. Yep. So no. the Brandon, things that I do at these parties, they no, can't No, 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 we know, yeah. So Brandon wants <laughs> like to know, <laughs> Brandon wants to know, how do you enter the pool? Do you just casually walk in by the steps? Do you dive or do you cannonball? What do you do? Casually walk in while carrying, you know, like the bottle of Dom in yep. one hand. <laughs> you know, like I, I can't dive in with all the ice I'm wearing. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I make a big, big entrance. Exactly. With all the chains that he's All rocking. the chains, all the diamonds, the champagne. I will say that Solid I would never sunglasses. eat on the side, inside of an LA, uh, a Las Vegas pool. That's Why? Yeah. Well, because there's more than just chlorine in that pool. What do you mean? What is there? What is there? There's a lot of bodies <laughs> Go on, Emily. in there. Yeah. What there could be is they probably have, it's almost like walking into a Vegas casino. Yeah. Where they're able to... Basically, they figured out a way to filter out as best as they can everything that's in the air of these casinos. I'm sure they've done a pretty decent job in the pool. Just don't open your eyes underwater if you're in a Vegas pool. I think that's <laughs> well. Okay, wait. Safe to so say. Emily, you wouldn't eat in the Vegas pool because no. of everything in the pool. Then why are yeah. you getting in the pool? I, I haven't been in. Actually, no. I've only been into one pool in Vegas when the one time I went. But is that like a yeah? I've been not, years ago. Well, it was not like one of those big party ones. It was the Nomad, and it was like very few people were there. Because I mean, I kind of feel like if. But in general, I probably wouldn't get. If these pool. pools are as infested as you say that they are, and you get in anyway, at that point you might as well eat in it. I mean, like you're in for a penny, <laughs> in for a pound. Go for it. Me- do you remember? Probably this is like twenty years ago. Remember where MTV used to do the spring break? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they used to show wherever they were, but then there was like Cancun, exactly, Vegas, yeah, wherever. But there would be a lot of times there'd be performances, and it's everybody's in the pool yeah. or they're around the, the pool. The stage around the pool, exactly. Yeah, right. Stays around the pool. Could you think of a worse environment to be in? <laughs> I don't know if I could think of a worse environment to be in. Imagine today. Now maybe it's different when you're 21 years old and you just had. Uh, 11 shots of whatever tequila that you can think of. But can you imagine a worse environment than today being in Vegas and being in one of those pools where there's a DJ playing at noon and he's going till whatever time and and you're just stuck in the middle of that? It's kind of like the way I've talked about Mardi Gras. Like, I feel like everybody should go to Mardi Gras once. When they're but, young. But nobody should go twice. <laughs> like, there's Never no been. reason to ever go a second time. 
And I feel like if you've missed your window, that's might be a good thing. By the, by the time you're like what age? Twenty six, okay. twenty seven. Yeah. If you haven't gone to Mardi Gras, just you missed your window. Like you're done. So this is my last year to go to Mardi Gras. Yes, I've Emily. Never been. Like <laughs> one, go. once you start pushing thirty, yeah, I feel like Mardi Gras. You're going to be thinking more. I should go to Jazz Fest, not Mardi Gras. <laughs> but like, even even people who do Coachella. Which I get. It's as popular as it gets. That sounds horrific. But can you <laughs> imagine awful. camping out there for two or three days? Hell no. Now, people do Coachella differently. There's people who, you know, whatever. Airbnb it. They hotel Airbnb it. Yeah. They do something like that. Yeah. But can you people imagine money, tenting out? Now, this is somebody that goes camping. But can you imagine camping out, tenting out at Coachella for two days? Three you days? become a dirty ah, Woodstock. Ah. <laughs> oh, it's, it sounds awful. Awful. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Just awful. All right, so <laughs> the the way you go into the pool in Vegas is you walk right in because yeah. you have your you well, have I mean, your liquor. Look, I need to do it because the whole pool stops right the minute I walk in. They, I'm giving the people what they want to see. It'd be awesome if you have a whistle and you're just whistling <laughs> for attention while you walk. What the hell is this guy doing? How do you walk in? Uh, I will. I'll, I'll jump you walk in. in. I'll, I'll dive in. in. I'll yeah, yeah. In. I'm, Put I'm everything on in. my chair and then yeah, I'm, run I'm and jumping dive in. in. Yeah. Even where it's crowded, too. I want them really to see. Do you that, yell like, cannonball? I yell. <laughs> <laughs> and splash everybody's food? <laughs> I yell Travis and Sliwa show on the ESPN app. <laughs> uh, the ESPN app. Okay. Um, Sabalas! <laughs> Terry Teagle. <laughs> um, Dodgers finish the month of July, so they don't play today. So luckily for them, they can't add to their ERA in the month of July. How about this? So the rotation finished the month of July, a six one eight ERA. It's the club's Ooh. second worst mark in any month um, of at last of at least fifteen games since the earned run became an official National League stat in nineteen twelve. And the worst since the Brooklyn Dodgers posted a 731 ERA in July in 1944. I'm not trying to be too dramatic here because I, I think there's always, as you know this, there's an overreaction every single day, especially in baseball, where um, you know, you, you can look at the standings and say, What the hell is going on with my team? They sweep a team and all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're in the their perfect position. The Dodgers are not in an awful position. They're really not. No. You go look at the standings right now, and you could just look at it from an NL perspective. They got the second best record in the National League. They're fifty nine and forty five. I'm not trying to tell you that they're in an awful spot now. The Giants, I think, are still two games behind them. Arizona's fall back, falling back a little bit. They're four games behind. The Dodgers will be fine. But if everything with the Dodgers comes down to the very simple term of: Did you win a World Series? Did you not? Are you competing for a World Series? Are you not? Can you explain to me how we get to 3 o'clock tomorrow and the Dodgers don't add any pitching and are one of the teams that you're looking at in the playoffs that you're really taking serious to compete for a World Series? Can you help explain, if nothing happens by 3, how that happens? Well, I mean, it's like I said, they the players they have been connected to, whether you're talking about Giolito, whether you're talking about those pitchers from St. Louis that have moved, they have not been able to get traction on the rumors. Like, you know, the the players that they've been rumored to be going after, you know, I don't know what was offered, you know, what was given better to St. Louis or sure. given better to the White Sox, whatever. Yeah. But if they don't end up getting Verlander by sometime tomorrow, I don't think there's any real name. I mean, 
Jack Flaherty, I guess. I don't think he's moved in St. Louis. Like I, I guess they could go after yeah, him. Yeah, he is not. Yep. But they need. It's it's ironic that there was so much talk about them and Nolan Arenado, and obviously Arenado's really good. Yeah. And you know, you add Arenado, you can become a better team. But he's not who they really needed sure, sure. to add. It feels like this season, like Nolan Arenado. It's a difficult name to say. I've just discovered a lot of L's, a lot of R's. Turns into a tongue twister. But Arenado, in a lot of ways, fe- Ari, Ari, yeah, Noli, our guy, Noli, our guy, Noli. That that in a lot of ways feels more like a move for three or four years as opposed to getting better this season sure. or addressing the most glaring weaknesses this season. Mm-hmm. I guess the flip side would be if you think the Dodgers are good enough to beat the Braves in a series or you think some other team just matches up well against the Braves and might eliminate them for you, you can argue that in certain respects it doesn't matter because the Dodgers happen to be in an NL that this season is just really – open yeah you know i mean it's really you got basically atlanta and then you have literally six seven eight teams all bunched together after that like do you think that they can beat atlanta as Mm -hmm. currently constructed if you think the answer is yes then that's your answer for how you get to the world series here's the problem the problem is this is the one thing that i have a difficult time kind of comprehending with the dodgers i always hear that go look at their farm system it does not get any better in Major League Baseball than what the Dodgers have. This is a perfect example. The timing that they're in right now, I get all the young arms that they have, which I'm sure are, there's a lot of uh, you know people that look at the Dodgers and say, damn, can you imagine if we can get this guy or we can get that guy? The issue I have with the Dodgers, and Travis always says, they only make the deal that they want to make. Mm-hmm. I get it. I understand that. You know, you, you want them... You're not trying to overpay for a house. They always make the sensible, reasonable deal. Yes. Here's the only issue. If we get to tomorrow at 3 p.m., Julio's been inconsistent all year long. Tony Gonsolin, whatever he was last year, he's a shell of himself this year. Um, Clayton Kershaw was unbelievable and has already pitched 90-plus innings or something like that. He's been out now for a few weeks uh, Kershaw, you worry about just hey, is he gonna just health wise? And and Kershaw doesn't exactly have the greatest playoff um, uh, history. You can call it that as well. When I hear people talk about Walker Bueller, Bueller's if he comes back in September, hypothetically, are you really depending on Walker Bueller to come back in September? You don't even know if he's going to be back. You don't even know he's going to come. You can't back. count Bueller as an option. Okay, let let's kind of look at look at the youngsters that they have impressive some of these guys impressive or you have Grove who gave up eight runs yesterday or you have um, Sheehan who's nice um, Bobby Miller who's nice they've never pitched a playoff game before so my only issue is if you look at the Dodgers if we get to 3 p.m. tomorrow and this is their roster and this is their pitching staff do you really think they have a shot at winning a World Series well it's either again they feel like it's really just Atlanta. And we feel like, for whatever reason, we match up well with them. We think another team could match up well with them, get them out for us, whatever. We feel like this year in a relatively even NL, we can get out. So we don't necessarily have to go all in, you know, moving, you know, giving up too much for one guy. Yep. Or they just don't think the market out there is worth it. Like there's no true difference maker out there. 
as you talked would about. Would you agree the, Verlander would be a difference maker? Yeah, he'd be a difference maker. That, I, I don't know if he's enough of one given this is also perhaps part of the problem. Mm-hmm. They may look at their roster right now, in particular this, the pitching staff, and say, and just say it's even that's not enough. It's not enough. Mm-hmm. We don't want to sacrifice in in ways that are too big and won't be enough. It's one thing to overpay if we think we're going to put ourselves over the top. Yep. But if we overpay and we don't think it's going to be enough, then you're just arguably burning prospects. The the, the latest is this. I'm going to read something here. Um, this was in the athletic, the buzz around the Dodgers and Verlander among scouts is growing louder. The match seems obvious, even though the Dodgers likely would be uncomfortable with Verlander's conditional option that guarantees him $35 million at the age of 42 in 2025, if he pitches 140 innings next season. So for those who don't know, you got Verlander, you get him for the rest of this year. You'd have him next year for, I want to say the number is 43 million. And then the 2025 season is what we're talking about here. If he pitched 140 innings next season, then he's guaranteed $35 million at the age of 42. You know, okay, I, I saw that earlier too because Emily had sent that to us. Mm-hmm. My immediate thought when I saw that, if the Dodgers end up taking on Verlander, because that's the type of, that's the type of condition in a contract that they typically hate and stay away from. Yeah. If they end up taking that on, it really just underscores, man, you should have just paid Seager. You should have just given Corey Seager the money over 10 years, knowing like three or four years of that deal towards the end you may not like, Hmm. but to overpay for those prime years. Because Seager's the type of, I guess, unsensible deal that they rarely make. That the Dodgers don't do. Mm -hmm. They should have just done it. I think the Dodgers are more desperate, though, right now than they were back with Seager. I think that's where the difference is. Well, sure, but because they had Trey, they thought they would have Trey. They don't have Trey and anymore. And they thought they had, had him for Lux. a year. Right. Had, thought they had Lux. Yep. Right. But they do have Lux still. They, but they've always had a backup. Right. But here's the thing, though. Gavin Lux has never. Gavin Lux is still not a proven NLB player. Mm-hmm. He's not a proven high caliber shortstop. Or 162 really any, games. Right. You he's can not, put he's him not, there, and he can. He's deliver. not proven mm-hmm. at that level. Trey Turner ended up being a rental when they thought he would be a or I assume they thought he was going to be a long-term thing for them. They've had options at shortstop, mm-hmm. but think about it. They've gone from a, a World Series MVP at that position to it being totally in flux. Mm-hmm. I think in part because they were doing the sensible Dodger thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to be less sensible if you want to capitalize on a moment. So let's actually, let's hit on this when we come back because this is the one, I'm going to use Verlander as an example, all right? Pitching is clearly the issue that the Dodgers have. Clearly it's the issue. And I'm not trying to make a case here that the Dodgers, if they don't make a deal by by 3 p.m. tomorrow, are all of a sudden not going to make the playoffs. That's not the case. I've just heard so many Dodger fans for so many years talk about how Hey, come on, look at this 10-year sample size, and all they have is one World Series, and it came in a shortened season, that when are things going to go the Dodgers' way? And is Verlander the difference of doing that or not? How much does next year, with having a deal with potentially Otani, have um, impact in whether you go make a deal for Verlander or not? So we'll get into all that coming up next. Stay right here, Travis and Sleeva Show, 710 ESPN. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, so uh, Dodgers with the day off today. Uh, they'll be back tomorrow, and the trade deadline is 3 p.m. tomorrow, so Dodgers trying to figure out if they're going to add to their roster or not. Um, they're not in an awful spot. I mean, I, it's kind of funny to, to think about where we're sitting right now this time of the year. You're already 100-plus games in, and... I'm going to use the Padres as a good example. So over the weekend, the Padres had the Texas Rangers. And the Padres, I thought, were basically, hey, they're going to start selling. They're just too far behind. Mm-hmm. You're not coming back from seven, eight games in the wild card by the time you get to the trade deadline. Start selling. You got Blake Snell. You got um, you got Josh Hader. And they sweep the Texas Rangers. And there's a little bit of fool's gold there where all of a sudden now they might think, hey, maybe we got a shot. Even though you played 100-plus games – I think the Padres are who they are. They've kind of proven that enough. And I think the Dodgers have proven who they are. I think the Giants over 100 games have proven we're going to be in the mix. The Diamondbacks a little bit different just because they're so young. You don't really know how they're going to react to the moment. Are they going to fade a little bit or are they going to you know continue to stay in the, in the mix here? But for the Dodgers, it's never really about did you make the playoffs? Where I think a lot of these other teams is just get to the postseason and, and, and take your chances from there. The issue with the Dodgers is you're in a position right now where you feel like you can compete to an extent. Do you think there's still hesitation on what they do at this trade deadline at all based upon what you want to do in the offseason when Shohei Otani is available? You were mentioning the, you know, Verlander and are you paying him at age 42, potentially $35 million? The Dodgers are very responsible. I always use an example. They usually go to Nordstrom Rack. They can go afford Nordstrom. They can go pay whatever it is. They like trying they, to see if there's a deal out they there. They can afford to not shop off the rack to begin with. Yeah. Like they can afford to have a private tailor. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're one of those MLB teams. And it's so difficult once you're at Nordstrom Rack because there's, you know, large that is in the medium section, the small <laughs> yes. is in the other. Nobody refolds the jeans. It's yes. like, how do I look at all yeah, this? Yeah, like the actual stuff you can find at Nordstrom Rack is pretty good. Yeah. Like, I, you should not be a snob about going there. Right. Because you can find some good stuff. It's that, a lot of work. That being, yes, you got to want it. That's the biggest deterrent to Nordstrom Rack. You got to want it. You got to You got to dig. It's just like TJ Maxx. Gotta, you got to dig. You got to, you have to allot time. Like, you cannot be in a hurry and go to Nordstrom Rack. Like, it's not even worth Yeah, trying. there's no, I'm just going to go grab something here real quick. Um, As far as... Like the idea of them thinking about this offseason, which is code for Otani. Yeah. You know, on one hand, they were 
widely reported to be going after Arenado. Sure, and sure. So that, that wasn't affecting Right. It. I mean, that's a three- or four-year contract. It's not mm-hmm. outrageous, but it's a financial commitment. You know, they may Some of their seriousness for this season, I, I think, is dictated by how good do we really think we are. You know, like, do we really think we have a World Series in us with this team? And, the, they've, and they've, I say this, they've had bad luck, too. Listen, Bueller out for the year. Dustin May out for the year. There was a point early on, Gavin Lux out mm-hmm. for the year. There was a point before the season started where you're telling yourself, look, go look at our rotation. Julio was going into a contract year, so you thought maybe he's going to have his best stuff this year, and they're handing him the ball to start the year. Gonsolin's coming off an all-star appearance last year where he was remarkable as well. You could have, and I'm not. I'm not trying to. I don't think I'm stretching this at all. I'm sure they walked into this season saying, "Guys, pitching's not going to be that big of a problem. We have enough arms." And now you're sitting here, like I mentioned, one of the worst ERAs in July. The worst thing that can happen, though, for the Dodgers, is the perception of them being mildly aggressive at best. You know, just not being super committed to this season. Because they're really putting all their eggs in the offseason and, and moving forward. the pursuit of Otani. Yeah. They end up not going as far as some fans think they could have this season. They mm-hmm. end up not aggressively not aggressively trying to take advantage of the idea that the National League, other than Atlanta, doesn't really feel dominated by anybody. Agreed. It feels yeah. fairly wide open. Yep. The perception that they are not taking advantage of that because they're keeping everything open and flexible and fluid for Otani, and then they end up not getting Otani anyway. Like, if there is a perception that they are really keeping themselves somewhat in limbo because they want to make sure that they have everything laid out perfectly with their books, all of that for Otani, they better get Otani. Isn't they better it, get him. Well, let, let me – I think everything has kind of actually worked out for the Dodgers so far. He never got traded. He's not going to get traded. I thought the one risk that the Dodgers would be facing was Otani. The Angels are so far out of the mix. They actually decide, let's okay, let's move on. It's not going to happen, and we're not going to make the playoffs. And Otani ends up with the Giants, or sure. he gets traded to one of these other teams. And now he's in the door with another company, and there's a chance that they can wine him and dine him and make them feel good to where he's going to stay there. I thought the biggest hurdle they've already kind of skated past. And now there's a good chance that it's just going to be your presentation versus my presentation, which the Dodgers have a very good presentation. Um, I think they skipped that part. I don't think the Dodgers, I'm going to give them credit in this. Have they ever felt to you, and I, I don't think no matter what happens, whether they make a move by tomorrow or they don't, I don't think there's a perception out there that the Dodgers are not pretty much all in every year. Doesn't it feel like they're all in every year? Yeah, it does. I mean, look, and this this year, like you said, they've had a lot of injuries that could reasonably lead them to thinking, you know what, this is not the team to throw caution to the wind to. Like, even with the NL being pretty wide open in that, like, we, we don't have it this year. Like, we can be good. But we're not one move away right now. Like I saw somebody hit us up on Twitter at at Cam Brothers ask, "What's your what are you?" 
I'm at Big Daddy <laughs> at <laughs> Alan Sliwa. Okay, here, I just found the tweet yeah. from Chris Camello. Mm-hmm. Even with Verlander or Rodriguez, who would have been a nice pickup, Dodgers will still need Urias and Gonsolin to be effective, and they haven't, and Kershaw to be healthy. Like, the Dodgers may feel like internally, like, look, we are not mm. one move away. We're not two moves away. Mm. We would have to really play over our heads to really make a run, to really get to the World Series, to actually win the thing, this isn't the year. And that could be reasonable because, like you said, they've had a lot of but you injuries. Know, but you know what's crazy? What is the year? They won 111 games last year. They went through a three, I think it was a three-year season, 106, 105, 111, whatever it was. Right? Baseball's always, weird, man. It, and I'm, I'm not telling you it's not weird, but damn, you have every resource. You have so many different players that are, you know, consistently all stars. You have uh, a front office that is beyond comp- competent, right? Like they, they are, they dot their eyes and they cross their t's perfectly. Yet through all of that, like to to kind of just sit to the comp- maybe it just isn't our year. If baseball's that weird, can't that go the Dodgers' way? You know what I mean? And and can't you just say? Well, what's happened to us, I'm using the Dodgers as an example, over the last X amount of years, can't that happen in favor of the Dodgers walking in? But but you still got to – that's why I think this Verlander thing is so interesting and so important. And I'm not telling you that's going to happen, but I think it's such a critical piece. Well, this, this, though, gets to the idea really quick of what we were talking about before, with the Dodgers being a very sensible, reasonable, grounded organization in terms of the way they go about making deals, evaluating their – you know, evaluating what is the right price for a trade or a free agent, that type of sensibility could also lead them to not believe, hey, maybe this is the year where the logic doesn't hold, where we aren't the strongest team in the National League. We're not one of the strongest teams in baseball, but we somehow end up having the baseball gods favor us. Maybe they're so logical they don't believe in the baseball gods. You know what I mean? Like that, that can be the double edged sword of being so rational and sensible is you don't believe in those kind of outside forces or things that aren't predictable or explainable. So, apologize. Everything you just said, I got lost because people on Twitter were sending me Rick Ross going into the, <laughs> going in the pool. It looks like I think in Vegas and his knees gave out while he was on the diving board. Um, there's another one here where Crypto Ray is literally in a pool as we sit here and have a conversation taking video of him in the pool at Great. some hotel or somewhere. With Lady Crypto Ray. With Lady Crypto Ray, which I was not sure. I didn't know this, but it sounds like our podcast on ESPN LA on the app, very popular in a lot of pools right now around SoCal, maybe in Vegas as well. well. That's your audience. you yeah. got to know your audience. Yeah. yeah, we usually talk just to the ladies and the men who are in the pool's that in between the in between the uh, the music, they turn us on. Well, I mean, this is the reason why Good Karma has gotten so deep in ESPN. <laughs> there was a big announcement about right. you know they're handling all the business of ESPN Radio. It's because of shows like these yeah. that, that are able. Don't laugh, to, Jorge. Don't laugh. They're bro. able this to is... micro target their audience. Yep. Keep going. I want to hear Like <laughs> this. This is why. This is why they feel confident is because they've recognized the way you and Travis can identify the pool rats that are all listening to you right now. They want to get in on that business. Do you think there's a way that Trav and I can do a live broadcast, okay? 
from one of like the lazy rivers. You know, they have like it just kind of goes around. Well, we and, were talking before about the old MTV spring breaks from the yeah. pools or whatever. Yeah, you and Travis could easily do one of those shows. Hundred percent. Like in Vegas, you're on the stage in the pool. No, no, I don't want to be on the stage. I want no, to be no, in the that's pool. how you do this. You, I want to be in the pool. You get the lazy super river. soak. You get the yeah, super I soakers. Wanna, I want to be on one of the just. I, I got. I'm gonna have floaties on too because if it's <laughs> four feet up, <laughs> I just want to be safety first. <laughs> What on each What are you? Emily. I'm at so Big is Emily Daddy. on the way to <laughs> 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 your Twitter That's our Twitter handle. handle. You t- at Big Daddy. Big Daddy. At Big Daddy. 47. <laughs> I completely blanked on at Alan Slewa. <laughs> uh, what are you? What do we got next here? I'm at Big Daddy. <laughs> Big Daddy 47. Big Daddy 47. All right, we got Factor Cap coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Slewa Show, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, guys. I'm just letting you know that I made a terrible decision last night. So I uh, got back a little late. I was uh, doing some stuff in the daytime yesterday. And I booked a ticket to go see a scary movie at 10 p.m., Last night, and let's just say it took me a while to fall asleep. It was a incredibly scary movie, a very very good movie, okay. but it it just messed me uh, up. What's the movie called? It's called Talk to Me. It's a new movie from A twenty four. Came out this weekend. It is very good. If you're a horror fan, it's a must see. It is what just kind of very horror? scary, like uh, like gruesome, like too. There's it's a lot. It's a it's a bit of jump scare and it's a bit of gruesomeness. Okay. So it's kind of a combo of two. So the basic story is um, these kids find this um, disembodied hand that is like plaster. As and you one put, does. Yes, of sure. course, of yep. course. Based and you on put the your. Story. It's in Australia, and you put you uh, put your hand on it and you say, "Talk to me," and something comes and like pops up, and Jorge. it's uh, yeah. I don't think there. Jorge's feeling it. Yeah. Jorge, you're not going. Do you like? Do you not like? Scary I do not movies? like scary. Not because I'm scared, whatever. But I, yeah. I just but you're feel like it's scared. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's the same thing over and over. So it's like, eh. this I, one I, I think tackles a little. Whoever different. that hand belonged to, he went into a pool <laughs> after eating. Didn't hey. wait half an hour. <laughs> All right. So, um, new uh, New Orleans Saint Jamal Williams was mm-hmm. doing a press conference, and he was asked by uh, reporters, "You know how they always do that? They, oh, this is like the local delicacy. What do you think of this? Since you're a new player here, so he was asked what he thought of beignets, and this was his uh, response. I get those beignets. Yeah, I'm not impressed. It's just a funnel cake. It's just a funnel cake. So yeah, the beignets is just a funnel cake. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not. From, I just got here. I respect y'all, your beignets and all that. But in California, we just call them funnel cakes. So. Well, that's just where we know them as. I tasted it. it. Tastes just like a funnel cake. So, that's all. But it's good though if you like funnel cakes. All right. So Jamal Williams has a point. Al, factor cap. Um, I'm gonna go fact on this. By the way, 
Benetti, is that what he called it? Benetti's. Yeah. That sounds like a like a badass two hundred thousand dollar car or something. I just got a Benetti. Oh, yeah. One of one. <laughs> um, I'll go fact on this only because I think a lot of times it just becomes more about the hype of whatever it is rather than the actual item. So, you know, you may say, All right, where you're from, you gotta go get this and everybody's talking about all that stuff. It's not that they're not good. It's just that the hype is usually more than the actual taste of the food. For this specific item as well, I say fact on Yeah, that. I'm going to go fact too. And I think what you're getting at with the beignettis, um, as Jamal Williams would say. I got oh, a 2023 beignetti. Yeah, I believe, yeah, I believe DeMarco. DeMarco was driving around a beignetti in that video with Nelly, <laughs> if, if I remember correctly. 100%. Like a lot of this has to do because like that's a really regional food mm -hmm. that people from New Orleans grow up eating. Like so much of like food experiences have to do with like sense memory a lot of times from being young. Cuz like a lot of food can be comfort food and comfort food comes from I think a lot of times what you had when you were younger. Yep. Here's an example of this. If you are from Southern California, you worship at the altar of In-N-Out. Of course. Most people I know though who are not from Southern California, they say, eh? They think it's fine. Mm -hmm. they, th they think it's good, but they don't think it's any better, really, than any other burger you can get anywhere else. But when you're younger and you're eating those in and outs, they hit differently for you. And there's nothing, I think, that replaces food that you discovered, like sense memory from when you were young. Mm -hmm. So, I, and for a lot of people in New Orleans, if you grow up there, you eat a lot of the beignettis. <laughs> All right, Jorge. Uh, fact is, I don't, I don't agree with them, right? Fact uh, is cap? that you you would say cap. Cap. Yeah, I, I don't that. agree with them. I I've tried them at Disneyland, and they're just yeah, whatever to me. I come at me, Vignetti fans. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. So you don't care for them. It's just bread with sugar on it, like mm -hmm. nothing new. To well, nothing then you'd be crazy. fact. You'd be agreeing with you'd them. You'd be then. with yeah. us then. Oh, You're with us then. Okay, so cool. so I I think there is something about the funnel cake and that I I I I agree. Like, I don't think it's that much different than I think the concept of what he's referring to is. Oh, right. they're cousins, if nothing else. Funnel cakes and vignettes, they're cousins. But I will say, Vignettes. walking in, <laughs> walking in, it's like the equivalent of uh, somebody who just came to the Dodgers and, like, hey, what do you think of the tacos out here? And he's like, yeah, they're okay. I mean, I think they're all right. Yeah, Twitter's I mean, going to be like, oh, Disneyland vignettes is not We the have same Taco thing. Bell over where I'm from, and those tacos well, are okay. amazing. Like, I have become, I, I don't remember. I think it was last week. You guys were having some type of fast food conversation. I happened to nope, be listening to. Nope, not here. To that wasn't <laughs> I, us. Well, you didn't. You guys corner the market on food. Of course we did. Yeah, this is the Emily, only show that's Emily, allowed to talk about food. Yeah, Emily told Mason in Ireland to stop talking yeah. about yeah, food. Yeah, no food talk. But like, them. Yeah, yeah, I noticed can. this on the way back from the softball game mm -hmm. when I was really hungry on the way back. Like I, I had not eaten in quite a while, and I was looking for like a drive-through to stop by. And the closest places to the softball game happened to be either Del Taco or Taco Bell. Yep. I kept driving. I've become like a Mexican food snob. Mm. Like, I'll eat other fast food, but the Mexican food in L.A. is so good. Oh, yeah. That but I, I don't even think, am I right or wrong on this? If I want Mexican food, Del Taco or Taco Bell never come to my mind. Nope. Right. Never. So that that is like, that is but in I, its own category of just something that has nothing to I do with Mexican food. You crave Del Taco specifically. You could. Because it's Del Taco. But you're not, yeah, you're not craving Mexican food. I have food not craved saying, Del Taco or Taco Bell in probably 25 years. Look, if there's a Del Taco and a taco spot in the corner, I'm going to the taco spot oh, in the corner. Yeah, yeah, it's like not even. But yeah. like I, I ended up stopping, I, I want to say, at Carl's Jr., which was fine. And got a taco. 
<laughs> they have a mix. Right? Like authentic. <laughs> authentic <laughs> right. taco from yeah. Carl's Jr. <laughs> All right. So last, uh, in the movie from yesterday, there's also one thing where one of the characters has a ringtone for her boyfriend, and the ringtone is Crazy Frog. So it's like this going off and off, and it's like a very tense moment of this movie, and it's just Crazy Frog going off. Oh, that's so awesome. Anyway, you have ever had a unique ringtone. Uh, Andy, Patrick Cap. Yes, actually I did. I somehow managed to find RZA, you know, from the Wu-Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. He did, it was like a solo thing of his, a remix of a Charles Mingus bass line that I thought sounded really awesome. I spent like a week looking for this thing, ringtone adaptable. This is back, back in the day when like ringtones were a thing. Oh, yep. yeah. Like yeah. And people would really seek out their ringtones. It's the only ringtone I've ever downloaded. I'll see if I can find this. If I can, I will send it to Jorge to play okay. it. But like I went out of my way to have this RZA slash Charles <laughs> Mingus. Charles Mingus is a jazz legend bass player. People not aware of him. But yes, I had that. Al? Fact as well, I think when when ringtones became a thing, everyone was changing the ringtones, mm-hmm. coming up with something different. You wanted it to be whatever it was, right? You could you could even pick your own music, whatever the case was. Um, I think we all did that. Now it's like the most boring thing in the world. Actually, the only the only ringtone I hear now that catches my attention is if when somebody actually puts a phone ringtone, like an actual ring. That's me, man. Okay. That's the only one where I'm like, oh, okay, I haven't heard that in a while. A lot of times (laughs) I have it on like vibrate or I have it really low or whatever the case is. All right, Jorge? Yeah, and then you're going to like this one, Emily, because it's from that movie Crank. I know you like those kind of movies. And and this is it. (laughs) Phone is dying. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what I have. Okay, I think I found it, Jorge. I'm sending it to you at, at the stopped at the right point. I'm gonna download YouTube that ringtone. For, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take one up though. You remember the voicemails? You used to put your like favorite song to it, like "Hey, you reached me." Like, yeah, it, yeah. I used to put a song, whatever song was. I think we all did. Yeah, and that was that was my voicemail. Hmm. Now nothing. Yeah. Uh, in right high now? school, I had Champagne Supernova, and it uh, starts off like really calm and builds. So I used to also wake up to that in the morning too. So big fan of that, and I also had a Heim song called "The Wire." With my I'm going to change mine to Nelly Air Force One <laughs> from earlier in the show. I'm bringing that back. All right. So another thing that happened in the movie theater last night. So we had assigned seats, and this uh, there's this a couple next to me. Quite a movie experience. Sorry, for I, just, I was just thinking about That's things really that screwed happened, you up. But okay? these are good stories. Uh, there's a couple next to me, and uh, they're clearly you know a young couple in love. Make it out. And yeah, so they were a little touchy through the entirety of the movie. I didn't say anything. For that movie too? Well, it's a scary movie. Like, oh, help me. Like, I can't yeah. take. Th- yeah, anyway, whatever. Got you, so, girl. Got you. I didn't say anything. I probably Plan wouldn't say is working anything. perfect. <laughs> I wouldn't say anything, and I wouldn't say anything to a stranger likely. But if someone is being too touchy around you, you yeah. will say something. So, Jorge, I'm going to start with you. I won't say anything. I'll just, I think I'll just move at that point, look for another seat. But I wouldn't. T- it was w- full. The, the theater was full. Uh, yeah, ask for a Get your hands off of her. <laughs> no. No, I, I don't think I, I have the nerve to tell him anything. I'll just return another day, I guess. All right, Al? I don't think I can do it. I don't think I'm going to say anything. I mean, it's, they make it. Somebody is doing that and you're that close. Like, if this, if this theater is packed. Yeah. And next to Jorge is this couple and they're just making out. That's like the most uncomfortable thing ever. But what am I going to say? 
Hey, brother, can you wait? <laughs> you know, can you wait a couple hours here? Like, I don't know what okay, I, I You're not would, seeing the same thing that I'm seeing? This is pretty scary. <laughs> I don't know what I would say, and I don't know, like, if he's hugging her because the, the movie is scary, that's one thing. But if it's this just gruesome scene and he goes in for the kiss, somebody yeah. explain to me how this is all vibing together. See, I go the opposite route. <laughs> I insert myself in. I, I, I try to join myself in with it. I said I insert myself in. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know. Do Look, I mean, you're creating a vibe in the theater. <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> you just turn to your wife. You're like, well, they're doing it. I mean, we might as well start making out as well. No, no, I joined them. <laughs> I try to put myself in with them. <laughs> that's that's an that's a unique one. You know, we're gonna make this theater experience interesting. Let's we're make it do interesting. It. Let's do it. Yes. All right. Well, that's a good transition there. Uh, I'm going to go from that to Aaron Rodgers. So we talked a little bit about last week. Um, Sean Payton had some, the new head coach of the Denver Broncos, had some things to say about the former Broncos head coach. Aaron Rodgers uh, responded to Sean Payton. I want to talk about that when we come, uh, when we come back. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, AK in the house, 710 ESPN. A- Andy spent half of the break explaining to me what exactly he was talking about with the couple making out next to him. <laughs> no, I wanted to make sure Alan understood. I'm not talking about letting the mood overtake me and, you know, <laughs> I tap my wife on the shoulder and say, let's get it on. I'm inserting myself and creating a thruple. Oh. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I thought, I just kept thinking in my mind, like, man, AK, that's pretty funny. You turn to your wife and you start making out with her. He's like, no, 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 that's not no, what I'm like, talking you know what? about. So thank you're gonna you. are going to do for... this. Let's do this. <laughs> Otherwise, stop. <laughs> that is the way to stop it. If basically it's not working out. We're joining and, and they're not yeah, like, interested. Like, oh, tap him on the shoulder. Like, oh, how about I get yeah. a turn? You're like, yeah. then that's really you start. Yeah. Emily, you should have just. <laughs> that's what I should have done. You folks. <laughs> that's pretty good right there. Okay. What, what do you make of this? Um. Sean Payton, I, look, I, the only reason why we're spending any time on it, it has nothing to do with the Rams. It has nothing to do with the Chargers or the Raiders or any of these local teams. It's not too often that you hear the head coach of another team have a quote that kind of churns the head of everybody saying, wait a minute, did he just say what I thought he said? Sean Payton is obviously the new head coach of the Denver uh, Denver Broncos. And he said as part of one of his quotes – um, last week, and it was more about, I think, protecting Russell Wilson, and it was more about, look, this is why they had such a bad year. Hey, this is why Russell Wilson didn't have the success. Said that the previous regime of the Denver Broncos, it was one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. And I think everybody, I know at least for me on Thursday, doing the show with Trav and Emily was kind of against the quote. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? No, yeah, he's not talking about He's not about the other coach, is he? No, no, he was talking about the other coach. And Sean Payton on Friday walked back, said I had my Fox hat on or whatever, but no, you're saying what you Fox mean. being Fox Sports. Yes, Fox Sports hat. Yeah, it's like you're saying what you mean, Sean. You say, you're saying exactly, and I, the only argument I was trying to make, you know, I, I remember Greg was in here and he's like, I love that he said it, this and that. I'm not telling you that it's not entertaining. I'm just saying that that's not very common where you go after another coach. And again, this is saying that, the worst coaching job in NFL history. That's if he's trying to walk back. You can't walk back that quote. Forget that it's not common, mm-hmm. Alan. 
I have never heard a coach say that about one of their peers. Like I've heard many coaches be like, that guy's an a-hole, that guy talks too much, he should mind his own business, worry about your own team, gamesmanship sort of stuff, like heated talk. I've heard that a lot. I have never heard a coach say about another active coach, that dude's a hack. That dude is a hack. Everybody who was here before me, all a bunch of hacks. All of you. And and all talking, hacks. obviously, about Nathaniel Hackett. So Aaron Rodgers got a chance to respond to this. Let me play what Aaron Rodgers said about Sean Payton. Take a listen. Playing text from people in the coaching community saying, I was out of line. Was there... Yet you see Hackett out here. He's still pumped up. I don't think it affects him as much as maybe it affects everyone on the outside. And yet you and him have this great bond and union together where you've always had his back. He's always had yours. Yeah, I love Nathaniel Hackett. And those comments were very surprising. Um, to, for a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Uh, listen, <laughs> it, it, whether you're an Aaron Rodgers fan or not, and I know there's definitely some people in this room that don't like Aaron Rodgers, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of everything you said right there. Here's the thing that I think is really interesting about this. weird. They play each other. What did you say, week four or something like that? Five. Week five. What I think is really interesting about this with Sean Payton, because last year there was, he is correct, a lot of talk yeah. that Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson was just washed, mm -hmm. that he was done, age caught up to him. As a running quarterback, he's taken too many hits, body breaking down. I will admit, that is how it looked to me, mm -hmm. I hated that deal when Denver gave it to him in the first place. I was like, this is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. This season is one of two things then, the way Sean Payton very brazenly framed it. Either everybody was right, and like either everything works in Denver, it's all great, and he makes good on what he was saying. Sure. But if Denver does not have the way Peyton was talking about this, a great season. Mm -hmm. I'm just like solid, like a great season. Then one of two things are true. Either Russell Wilson is as washed as everybody was saying, or Sean Peyton's not the coach who could unlock it. Like he actually put himself. I was going to say. He 100%. actually put himself under the I'm microscope with, with this. Okay, so they went 5-12. and 12. I'm not going to try and make a case for the Broncos or anything like that, but I guess they had a number of games where they were within a touchdown. All right, that's fine. Um, but you just actually put a ton of attention and a ton of pressure. Basically what you're saying is that 5-12 and 12 record, you didn't kind of walk into this year saying, look, we're trying to improve. We really feel like we could change things around. The Broncos were in a lot of games last year. He's saying if that, I coached them 12-5. and five. Yeah. You all of a sudden basically just said that you're walking into the season. The expectations are going to change. I just kind of find it found it fascinating like everybody else did. 
But Aaron Rodgers obviously sticking up for uh, for Nathaniel Hackett. But that's not those are not quotes that you usually um, usually hear very often. I never miss a moment of the Travis and Sleva show. You can always listen uh, to the podcast on the all-new ESPNLA app. By the way, if you have not downloaded the app, make sure you download it. It's such an easy, easy way to get the show wherever you are. It's all brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Uh, Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Um, Great, great uh, wine there. So make sure you also download the app. I need you to help me out with something, and we could spend a little time on this. First, uh, what have you made of the whole – I know we haven't hit any NBA yet. What have you made of the whole Damian Lillard situation? Because it's been one of those, okay, hey, look, looks like he's – first it was they're not going to trade him. Then it was um, they're going to hold on to him. Are they going to trade him before the draft? Then they get scoot and this and that. Okay, it's the Western Conference. We always kind of keep an eye out. What's going to happen with Portland? Is it a competitive team? Are they not just simply because the Lakers are there? And then it, it's a full-pledged Damian Lillard's going to leave the Portland Trailblazers. What have you made this Damian Lillard stuff? And, and when we come back, we'll spend a little time on the memo. But what have you made of just the Lillard situation just in general? That for the time being, nobody has to be in a hurry. Like the idea that they're at a stalemate, that's fine. It's also now August starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There really is no urgency to fi- to figure this out right away, other than maybe Miami can't complete all of their business because they're waiting on Lillard. And if you think maybe this could be connected to the Sixers and Harden and Clippers, maybe this is holding up like the last bit of business. But when um, Joe Cronin from the Trailblazers talked about they, you know, they can wait this thing out for months if need be because it's been determined the patient teams generally do the best. A, I think he's correct. B, why do this now if they're not getting the deal that they want? Like, there really is no urgency to do any of this now. As much as in a perfect world, I'm sure everyone would love to have this figured out. All right, the league sent a memo over the weekend about uh, the the NBA did about this Damian Lillard situation. We'll get into that coming up next. Stay right here, Travis and Sliwa show, AK in the house, seven ten ESPN.